Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. We're going to talk about something a bit different today, Warwick. Hmm. Well, it, it is a bit different to our usual fare for a fuck it Friday. <laughs> it is something we touch on often, though. Yeah, and we were just chatting about, well, what do we, what do, we do for a, a fuck it Friday episode? And it was almost that case of... Fuck it. Yeah, we should talk about something more deeply personal, I guess, than yeah. the usual um, political, social commentary that we've been uh, covering in these episodes. So... I'm going to sit back and let you lead this one out, Coxie. <laughs> <laughs> That's really throwing me in the deep end. Clearly I said yes, though. So we just thought that it might be a good time to have a chat about mental health. Yeah. Now, there's there's a lot of conversations about it. Uh, there's been guests on the show where we've talked about it. Um, but I guess you and I don't talk about our mental health very often, do we? <laughs> no. And I don't think we talk about our experiences. No. Not, not direct experiences no, anyway. I've probably touched on mine a bit over the years, but not so much my personal experience. And and I know uh, you have had some very personal experience with tradie mental health, basically. Definitely. Yeah. Um, in short, my husband has struggled for a long time. He um, had a couple of breakdowns a few years ago that severely impacted both him and our business and our way of life and have completely changed the way that we do things um and i guess today we just wanted to have a conversation around that Mm. it's it's i guess what we wanted to to talk about is the fact that stuff happens and sometimes breakdowns happen or we're not feeling great and we need a bit of extra support Mm. but i don't think we talk about it enough no, and I, I recall doing a little video oh, a while back now, a few weeks or something, uh, as we sit here in um, early 2019, about the fact that it's it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, it is. And to have a shit day or a shit hour or whatever and and to not feel broken or stupid or um, like you have to do something about it straight away, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a lot of time, and I've done this to myself over my life and... Uh, and um yeah i've i've had a bad day or i've woken up feeling like crap or i've been in a period of my life where i'm really struggling mm. and i just i feel like i should fix it or do something about it and then if i stay there for any length of time at all everything's going to just fail and it's that whole catastrophizing thing and it just really spirals off into this panic about having to change it um and the reality is sometimes it's actually better just to do nothing and just go, you know what? Everything's shit. I think everything's shit. I can't face anything. And I'm just going to sit here and stare at the wall for an hour or six or something. I think it gives your brain the break that it really actually needs. Yeah. And I I think in that video I referenced a day when I was going through the depths of my separation and divorce and you know lost access to my daughter and was financially pretty well destitute uh 
I did, literally didn't get out of bed, and that is not me. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a get out of bed at quarter to five every day kind of guy, and you know I'm active. And anyone who sees me on social media would see, you know, this motivated, positive dude who's always on. And for people that know me, to to have that insight that I literally couldn't get out of bed. Mm. I just I couldn't be fucked. I just woke up and I didn't care if I died that day. Like that's how that's how low I felt, and that is how low it is. I, and I don't. If you've never been in that position, I'm not sure that you can really understand what that feels like. But it is. It's not a, a wish to hurt anyone. It's not a no. wish to cause ill or, or I don't know, make life difficult for anyone else. It's that you actually just don't care. I had no motivation to do anything, mm. um, and. I know we've gotten off talking about the builder. <laughs> no, but you're uh, surmising it very sure well. We'll loop back to that, but uh, you know, I cared for um, my ex-wife, my the mother of my daughter, mm-hmm. um, for many years, and that sounds like you know, nursing home type images come to mind for people sometimes when I say that. But she suffered severe chronic um, anxiety and panic disorder. Mm for many, many years, um, and it was debilitating. She functioned out in the world. She ran a business and, you know, maintained friendships and all sorts of stuff, but outside of where she could force herself to do those things, she she couldn't stay in the house on her own for more than an hour or so without having a panic attack to the point where she would hyperventilate and black out. Poor thing. Um you know, she couldn't drive a car anywhere unless someone was in the car with her because mm. she had such an immense fear that something bad would happen. So, like, I'm talking crippling panic and anxiety. Um, she went from, you know, a, a normal body weight to she lost about um, 30% of her body weight because she couldn't eat mm. because she was so constricted in the throat from anxiety and panic that she just couldn't swallow. And then she went from that to, you know, substances and stuff um, to try and help her get through it all and, and, you know, doubled her body weight in the space of a few years just from all of that. So, Which I think is a really common side effect because we're trying to cope, we're trying to find a way and I think it's another unspoken part of what some people go through is that we fall into these cruxes, if you like, of, of whatever that might be, whether it be alcohol, drugs, medication even, it, anything to try and help us through. And I think if we can have some conversations around that part of therapy and helping people get well, we can be more informed about the choices we make. Plus, we are constantly not having conversations about how normal this is for so many yeah. people. And I, and I bring all that up not to sort of air dirty laundry or anything. And and I know that my ex-wife doesn't listen to my podcast. I think she heard enough of my voice for seventeen years. <laughs> uh, but I was as her carer and husband at the time. You know, I did everything I could to try and help her and support her and heal her. And you said before, Coxie, about you know, unless you've been through it, you you almost can't understand. And I don't like to say that. I, I feel that sometimes is a little dismissive and arrogant. Where, you know, I, I, I see people do that to, to my now wife, um, my last one ever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, so my wife has never had kids. Uh, 
Mm. And parents kind of have this little down the nose thing that they mm. do where it's like, oh, you, you wouldn't understand. You've never had kids of your own. And I, I don't like seeing her on the receiving end of that. And sadly, I think I kind of, now that I've been through my own mental health struggles, I realize I probably didn't fully understand my ex-wife's yes. issues. You know, yep. I thought, I thought I did mm. and I did a lot to help and I was very compassionate and supportive and I worked so hard to try and help her through all that and in the end she self-healed anyway um, and, it, and it was all around the birth of our daughter but now that I've been through my own and I'd had challenges before that, you know, I had a bit of a brush with suicide when I was a young bloke um, personally but, you know, that long drawn out mental health battle, I've been there now and it's like, yeah... Maybe I didn't fully understand and I probably could have been a little more empathetic and open to what was going on for that person. Okay, I think that's a really great point, something I want to touch on because I get really frustrated at times because I don't understand depression. Having, having not been through that myself, I I don't, you know, that old, we'll just get up out of bed and give it a go, <laughs> it comes into me all the time and I get so frustrated and then I've got to pull myself back and say, hey, well, hang on a minute, he just physically can't. He yeah. physically can't, particularly when he had his couple of breakdowns, he's doing much better now. But when he had his few breakdowns, um, must be back in 2016 now. I think I've got the dates right. Anyway, mm. he was literally in bed for weeks. Yep. Weeks and weeks. Um, he couldn't, he didn't care. He couldn't function. He couldn't um, even get his brain together to a point where he could carry conversation mm. he just had to totally shut down and almost hibernate for that quite lengthy period of time mm. to heal himself or get himself well enough to start to look for some help but I, I guess what I wanted to do was recognize that for support people sometimes it is really hard a you don't know what it's like because no. you've never been there yourself but b because your personality is most likely very different to the person who is unwell it's almost impossible for you to be able to put yourself in their shoes enough to have the right kind of empathy to help them through. It's really hard. And then, and then, sadly, the the person who's working through that um, depression or anxiety or whatever, often because of their state of mind, ends up feeling even more invalidated yes. and and uh, you know perhaps trivialized or like they're a burden and all those sorts of awful things that we think mm. um, because they get the impression that the people around them are just frustrated or burned out or impatient or whatever. Yes. It's almost yet, a self-fulfilling circle, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. And yet, you know, I never felt frustrated with my ex-wife. I mean, I felt helpless mm. um, as as her carer and support person and, and uh, you know, with alcohol and that sort of stuff. When that became an issue, it was like, I just didn't know what to do. I, no. I desperately wanted to help this person and I almost tried too hard. Yeah. And so we used to fight mm. about my attempts to help her drink less or seek a different therapist mm -hmm. or try a different medication or something because I was just so desperate to help this person that I cared about. Of course. And it actually made it worse. Because you just want them to be well. I know. <laughs> but you're right. It just comes off then as more pressure. Which then makes them wrong. Yes. They feel like you're yes. making them wrong. Yes. And I suspect you've had this with the builder. Yep. By the sounds of <laughs> your yesing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, I guess because you and I are quite similar in personality. It's get up and go and it's 100 miles an hour and get stuff done. And, 
Um, so then trying to help somebody who isn't in the mindset of that get back to where they used to be is really challenging, personally challenging for me. And it's, and it's different for everybody and, and it's not why I married a mental health clinician <laughs> because of my own stuff. You're just shoring yourself up for It later. wasn't a question on the questionnaire when, <laughs> uh, when my, my now wife uh, answered that. But the, the day that I stayed in bed, you know, it's, it's uh, a day sort of etched in my memory because mm. for me it was very much out of character. But I was so stressed out and under so much pressure and so much emotional uh, distress and everything. Um, and when I didn't get out of bed and, and, you know, she got out of bed that morning and uh, this is long before we got married or anything. Um, and I was still in bed. She knew something was up mm. and I wasn't crying or anything. I was just like limp and lifeless and listless. And uh, fortunately, she knows how to, how to support that. And she actually she took that, the day off work. Um, and she didn't do anything. She encouraged me to stay in bed. Mm. Um, she made sure I had water or a cup of tea if I wanted it. I didn't want anything. She darkened the room. Um, she pulled the door half closed and she just left me. She made sure I was safe. Um, but she just left me to to just be in that space. To be in your cave. And encouraged me to stay there. Mm. She actually said, don't get up. Just stay there. And, you know, if you as long as you're okay... Mm. Um, you just stay there. I'll be out in the kitchen. Um, I'll come check on you later and make sure you're okay. If you need anything, just sing out. Mm. And I literally, I just snoozed and drifted in and out of sleep and stared at the ceiling for hours. I didn't get out of bed until late in the afternoon. Wow. Which, yeah, I mean, Knowing you're, you're looking at me like, what the hell? Come on, Warwick. Surely it was early <laughs> I can't sit that. still for seven minutes. No. I can't sit still for a podcast episode. No. So, yeah, um, just that allowing that mm. to be... Um, I think sometimes as support people where the, and the messages in the media and on social media, everyone's so desperate to start conversations and get people to talk and especially get blokes talking and sharing their problems and all that. And often that can actually, it can be a little counterproductive. Definitely. Because again, you're putting more pressure on them to do something like, that I want to oh, do. I've got to do something. Yes. I've got to change something. I'm already broken. I can't do anything. And no. now you want me to do something. That's right. And it actually can make it worse now i'm not a mental health clinician or any expert i'm not trained in any of that stuff i have been on both sides of the fence mm. and i think you know it's the old story of if i if i knew now what i mean if i knew then what i know now i can't even get the phrase right <laughs> if i if i you know the thing yep the thing yeah if i was smarter um i probably would have approached it a bit differently um in my carer's role previously which is not uncommon because I think it's a real learning experience for us as carers as well. And and I'm going to... Well, this may not be controversial. Um, and you and I have both done some, some work and so is the builder. Mm. Um, we've, we've all done some work with, I don't know, mental health organisations. Mm. Um, I'll call them loosely. Uh, I've done some specific training. You know, I've, I've done... Um, suicide intervention training uh i've done a course on how to talk about suicide because i have had my own experiences with it and i actually think that this whole thing about getting i I think the focus is sometimes on the wrong people we're focusing on the people who aren't well and when you're not well in that way you don't have the self-regulation and the self-reflection ability to go and talk to someone about your fucking stuff. It's like you, you, 
you're you're in a shit place, the last thing you feel like doing is talking to anybody. So to tell people who aren't well that you need to go and talk to someone about it, I think is actually missing the mark. And what I actually think needs to be happening more of, and there are some fantastic organisations doing this, the conversations need to be started with well people mm. who don't have a fucking clue what to do for people who aren't well. I agree, and we need some support for the support people. We need to train the helpers. Mm. We need to train the first aiders. Mm. Not not tell sick people to go do something about it. That's not going to do shit. Yeah. They're not ready. They're past that point. It needs to happen. Those conversations need to happen earlier. And as you and I talk about all the time, the issues are actually within their businesses or they're actually within themselves Yeah. rather than some external thing that you can necessarily work on. This is stuff that needs to be like how many tradies do we talk to who are in financial trouble within their business and also have rapidly declining mental health Yeah. because they go hand in hand. I've you know just recently I've I've spent time on the phone with a tradie who I'm fortunate enough to now be working with who could not he just couldn't do anything because he was on the point of a breakdown mm. he was paralysed it is paralysing he knew what he needed to do yes. to, to sort his business out he knows still that he needed to get out and do this and that and change this and fix that and that that would actually help him but he was he was literally just debilitated mm. by it and and i i you know i thank god that he reached out to me when he did and actually opened up and told me about it um and we just you know we just chatted i just asked him a few questions and you know he did take some some steps mm. um for some people that's not feasible uh but i think as as helpers like the reason he opened up about it is because I've been there. Yes. And so I kind of poked him in a few places that spurred him into mm-hmm. perhaps starting to talk a little bit. And I think that's where the skills need to be um, taught is in people like us, you know, um, tradies, tradie wives. You know, imagine if every tradie wife went and did a course in how to get your tradie through the shit times. Yes. And it's not by nagging them or getting frustrated or you know telling them to go see a psychologist which they won't do no they won't do that no most most blokes would not it just doesn't work for them um and they're not going to go talk to their mates no because we don't talk about that stuff because that's that's wanky and potentially uncomfortable and embarrassing yeah so i think we actually you know, here's my arrogant assessment of the world, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's my opinion, and that's what fucking Fridays are for is for for us to share our opinion or observations on stuff. I think we need better um, tools and and awareness for well people, not for when they get sick, but for for when someone around them clearly has a need i mean that's what the suicide intervention training is all Mm. about it's not about talking someone down from a bloody bridge no it's about recognizing when they get on that slippery slope earlier Mm. so i think that's what we need to do we sold the world's problems Mm. i've gone all reflective now yeah you have probably not a good time to do an interview with someone about I don't know, cash flow or something. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, stuff your cash flow. It's all a load <laughs> of shit anyway. Anyway, um, that's that's our thoughts. Uh, well, mine anyway. I kind of hijacked that one again, Coxie. That's all right. 
have you got a thought? Maybe you've got a personal experience. Uh, we really, we do like hearing from our listeners, surprisingly. Mm, we do. We want to know what you think. We want to know, are we off the mark here? Do you totally disagree with what mm. we're saying? Do you think that we're on the right mark? And do you want to have a conversation with us about how we can potentially be, I don't know, getting some more people talking about how to help well people? Yeah. How do, how do, we, how do we equip an army of well people so that when someone falls over, we're we're better skilled to help them get themselves back up again. Mm. If How you've got some that? ideas, we need to hear from you. Mm. So head on over to the group on Facebook. Uh, if you go to Facebook groups and search for Tradies in Business, if you haven't joined already, make sure you do. Don't be a clown. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can also um, find us via the website, tradiesinbusiness.com.au. There's all sorts of ways on there that you can send us messages, voice messages and emails and all sorts of stuff. So We're on the socials too, don't forget. Yeah, Instagram. and all the, all the handles, um, Instagram and Facebook and we're even on LinkedIn. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, cool. We're all the cool LinkedIn. kids are on LinkedIn. So uh, go hit us up. Tell us what your thoughts are. What's your solution? What's your opinion or experience? And um, yeah. And hey, if you've got a good story, we'd love to uh, you know share it on the show if you're willing um, or if not, then we can just talk about it anyway. Hmm. <laughs> Come say good day. Have a good Friday. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.